Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, Yeah, I got a fever. <laughs> Is it... Did you catch it from our guest, Jason Egan? Hello. <laughs> it's Oscar fever, David. Oh, okay. Yes. And uh, you did catch it from Jason. I, among By many other Paul fevers. Lind, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We wanted to switch things up. I, I got... Uh, We've done our uh, our Oscar recap show uh, the last well, I mean, three years, I guess. Yeah, and so there's our fourth so ever time since doing the it. Oscars started. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is our for fourth. real. Yeah, because um, we would have started the show just after the Oscars. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. The in 2007. Right. Just after, so we missed when Inland Empire won Best Picture. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, they gave the proposition. Director, actor, supporting <laughs> actor, supporting actress, uh, adapted and original Are there women screenplay. In that movie? Huh? Are there? I never seen it. Are there, are there women in that movie? Yeah, there's one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, because, and you know what they say: if you are one, the the only member of a gender in a specific movie, you will at least get a nomination. Ed Harris in The Hours. That's not true. John C. Riley's in that. Um, okay. As much as anyone, as much as he can be in anything, am I right? Sure. Yeah. Cyrus, Mr. Cellophane. Exactly. Oh. Because you can't see him in yeah. anything. No. Look he's, right he's through him. He's in every movie. <laughs> it's a fact. But the other actors look right through him. They walk right by him, and they never know he's there. Did you guys uh, not do like an song. Oscar roundup like the like your one of the first episodes you had just to sort of kick things off? Or? No, uh, we didn't. No, because the, the show started right after the Oscars in 2007. Um, mm-hmm. So we didn't do like the roundup for the 2006 ceremony, right? So, uh, so yeah, the first, yeah, the I first mean, episode our... we ever recorded, but didn't release, was us doing our favorite movies of 2006. That's right, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. So the audience never got to hear me talk at length about Children of Men. No, they didn't. Oh, okay. I'm trying. I don't remember what the other ten are. I, okay, so. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about uh, we're going to talk about the Oscars. I got tired of talking just to David one on one. Decided to get you. Jason involved. Well, because we didn't talk at all while we were watching the Oscars. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I was remarking earlier, uh, Tyler. You were um, using the facilities here, mm-hmm. um, but Jason was lamenting that he thought he maybe missed something about the ceremony because he was live tweeting. Whereas I said. At this point, if it weren't for Twitter, I'm not sure I'd be watching the Oscars anymore. Like, that's kind of what makes it fun for me now, the past couple of years. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I would say uh, it's fun for me, but yes, it certainly does. Because, okay, Jason, you can attest to this. Uh, for years, I would put together an Oscar pool uh, mm-hmm. in which people would bet 50 cents a category. And, yes. uh, and whoever won that particular category got everybody's money. Uh, or if two people, they'd have to split it up. And, I think uh, I was only at one of those. The first year we lived together, we had it at our apartment. That's right, yes. In which we squeezed way too many people into that small apartment. Yeah, and that's probably why I haven't gone any since, because I didn't find it to be that fun. <laughs> right, and, and, and I got to be, it got to be too much of a hassle to organize, because uh, you had to get people's votes kind of sort of in advance yeah and uh and to make sure okay quarters quarters everybody you know all that sort of thing yeah and like the speeches would be drowned out by people like getting out their 50 cent pieces um there's an easy fix for that everyone puts in two dollars and whoever gets the most gets all of the money which would have been me this year it would have been you this year very exciting i wasn't at whatever you guys were at right yeah uh i got drunk with my girlfriend and ate 
Kung Pao Beef, which is my new jam. For those who are wondering what my jam is. That's your Oscar jam? It's Kung Pao Beef. <laughs> That's all I'm eating lately, whenever I have the chance. What do you have for breakfast? Uh, no, I don't have Kung Pao Beef, beef for breakfast. If I'm you did, would you have milk when on When I it? go out for... What's that? If you did, would you have milk on Add it? milk. You put it in a, <laughs> cer- in a cereal bowl and you just pour milk on it. Thank you. Kung Pao Crunch? Kung Pao Beef is no longer my jam. Thank you. <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah, and so uh, so I think I've always I've always added something to the Oscars to make myself a little bit more invested. Uh, but for myself... I have a very I'm very fidgety during the Oscars because I do not like awkwardness and the Oscars is all especially this year was all awkwardness yeah. whether it be the presenters or I mean there were some, there were some good speeches speeches that I really liked but speeches <laughs> the people who gave the speeches were the speeches. the speeches well I don't really like to call them winners David because come on Tom, Tom Hooper he wasn't really the winner he's the speecher yeah um, oh the king speecher our, our friend our friend uh, Josh, who writes for the website, had some funny tweets. As long as we're going to keep talking about <laughs> yeah. Twitter, about the like confused guy watching the Oscars, and he said, <laughs> "Congratulations, Toby Hooper," <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> he had he had quite a few of those. Yeah. yeah, that were pretty funny. But no, I guess my my whole thing was that, and and I really enjoyed like reading other people's tweets, but. Just, there there was actually a point about halfway through the ceremony where I almost tweeted, "Okay, I'm done with live tweeting." I feel completely disconnected from everyone. And I had written that, looked around and saw everybody either on a laptop or a phone. And I was like, well, I'll just be sitting silently for the rest of the night. So I guess I'll keep going. And it like, I enjoyed it. You know, I still enjoyed uh, the tweeting and stuff like that. But there, there is, I don't know, there is something I, I think that you maybe do miss about just enjoying it with the people around you. And a lot of us did still like, we didn't bet any money, but we had you know the we had our lists out, and we were keeping track of how many we got right and such and such. So, and it was actually to a certain extent fun to uh, occasionally during the ceremony you hear like uh, somewhere in the background in the back of the room you hear someone go, "Ha ha, good one, Tyler," and yeah. so it's like, "Hey, now we're talking." Or or I would laugh and be like, "Josh, that was pretty good." And then when I saw that my wife Jen was getting in on the action, I was like, "Yeah, ah, that's great," and it really bonded. Yeah, we, we really yeah. bonded over that. Well, let's get into the ceremony itself. Well, actually, real quick before okay. before we do, as long as we're on the subject, I had a, of, I had a segue there. I'm okay. sorry. As long as we're on the subject of, of Twitter, I did want to comment that uh, probably it happened early on. Somebody retweeted Norm Macdonald, and I found him very funny. And so I started following him, and uh, I'm so happy I did. His <laughs> his tweets were so funny because I think he he took the inherent negativity that everybody, including myself. Uh, had towards the Oscars, and he took it to a ridiculous degree where he just became like this obscene, like angry old man, like yelling at people from his porch. And he just started, he just swore a lot and just got really upset. And so, some of my favorite tweets were this. Uh, you remember at the end of the uh, In Memoriam, there was uh, the quote by Lena Horne, that, uh, which unfortunately I did not uh, write, but it was very inspiring. Yeah. And uh, Norm MacDonald, wrote, uh, he wrote out the quote and then said, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> okay. Uh, it showed Jennifer Lawrence uh, during the, nom- uh, the Best Actress uh, uh-huh. nominations, and he says, congratulations to her, whoever the fuck she is. <laughs> and, then, uh, d- and then he really got upset about pe- all the British people 
And so <laughs> Colin Firth got up and was giving what I thought was a very good speech and a very heartfelt speech. And uh, Norm Macdonald says, who the fuck talks like this? <laughs> just, just the whole time so angry. Yeah. And, it just, oh, and because it's okay. Norm Macdonald, it made me laugh. Well, this will get us into it. This will be the segue from Twitter to the, to the ceremony itself. A lot of negativity, mm-hmm. but uh, isn't that the normal reaction to an Oscar ceremony that is the worst in memory uh, for me? I, I literally think this is the worst ceremony that I have seen uh, since I started watching the Oscars. I think the first one I watched was 98 when Titanic was up. If you had to give it, uh, if you had to give it a grade, what would you give it? D. D. Minus. D minus. D minus. Okay. Jason, what do you say? I would say C minus. I go D plus. Okay. Wow, we're all in the same ballpark. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right around, right around there. Yeah, you're of course the most negative. Maybe bunch. I should go to a straight D, just so we're all like right in a row. Right. Absolutely. How am I the most optimistic? <laughs> Although, like, like you said, you wouldn't even be David. You wouldn't even be watching the Oscars. That's if it what, maybe, for that, maybe that's just. I'm just saying that because it was so unenjoyable tonight. Yeah. The only thing I enjoyed about it was Twitter and the company, yeah. my lovely girlfriend. But I will say, like. I, I love watching the Oscars. I sing a song about the Oscars. How it does g- that song go? It oh, goes no, like this. No, I, I the specifically lyrics, didn't ask him how does the song go. The lyrics go. That's all right. I'm here, David. Don't worry. I got you covered. <sighs> Oscar Sunday. The happiest Sunday in the world. And then you just repeat. Yeah. Uh, that's so it. He, he didn't sing it. He just told you the no, lyrics. No, I just told you the lyrics. You imagine, you put that to music in your, in your brain, in your heart. I'm just thinking of Sundays that are happier. Oh no, there's not one. Super Bowl Sunday is not happier than Oscar Sunday. No, clearly no, not for you. It's not about you movies. were very upset by uh, the way people reacted to it. <laughs> that was again. <laughs> this is something we were just talking actually off mic about doing a bonus episode someday on the topic of whether or not your social networking persona should reflect your real persona, as in ethically, ethically, morally. I, I just I, yeah. I, I don't know, but. Um, yeah, I was very negative on Twitter during the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl was a blast this year. Oh, okay. You watched yeah. it, right? It was, yeah. a, it was a good game. Even yes, though I wanted the Steelers to win. I wanted the, the date rapist to, <laughs> to go home with the third trophy. But um, And I hate the Steelers. But, so I, I love watching the Oscars. Like, the Oscars are, I don't know, there's just, there is just something about them that really is special to me. Um, I feel like there used to be. There still is for me. But they've cut out things... Um, I remember, I, I think it was when Jon Stewart hosted, he made fun of all the, like, montages of past things, but that's kind of what I liked about the Oscars. Yeah, they I had liked a, montage it, of, a montage of montages, Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I liked the, um, I, like, I don't care as much about the, uh, here's the most, the, the biggest actors working today, or the famous people today. I liked that the Oscars were kind of about old school glamour and Hollywood history. Okay. And we didn't, we didn't get... We got very little of that this year. All right. So um, here, okay, I, I wasn't sure at what point I was going to go into uh, my, uh, this, the thing that made me most angry. Okay. Which was uh, the Oscars, they say it several times during the ceremony every year. It's about celebrating the movies. Yeah. We could have gotten the opportunity to see Francis Ford Coppola, director of the oh, Godfather yeah. films, and Apocalypse Now in the conversation... Films that changed the way movies are made and probably inspired current working filmmakers to make film. We could have seen him accept a Lifetime Achievement Award presented 
by George Lucas, director of Star Wars, another film that uh, changed Hollywood. We could have seen that, but we didn't. We could have seen Eli Wallach, one of like a really amazing character actor that's worked for, that is always working. I, yeah. I remember tweeting that like he's going to keep working, he's going to keep being alive as long as he wants to be. <laughs> uh, it would appear. And then the last guy, unfortunately, whose name I do not recall, Kevin something was it Kevin or okay? Well, I don't. Rec- <laughs> and this is and that's the thing is like even even I am ignorant of who this guy is. But do you like silent films? I do, and it would appear that this guy was partially responsible for any of us getting to see them. Mm-hmm. Here's what I would like to happen. Okay. Now, um, Tyler, you and I used to live in Chicago together, mm-hmm. and um, the, the, I can't remember if it's the Tribune or the Sun-Times, I think the Tribune, came out with a version of its paper called the Red Eye. Ah, yes, the Which Red is Eye. essentially the Tribune for dumb people. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, no story is more than a column long. It's got lots of pictures. It's very short. It's yeah. basically everything that's in the newspaper condensed for dumb people. Here's what I'd like. I'd well, like people someone that don't have the time, David. Yeah, dumb people. Um, I would like <laughs> really. No, I, yeah, I, no. I, this, I'm not saying that people who don't have the time are dumb. I'm oh. saying that the red eye is for dumb people. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, I would like there to be like a real Oscar broadcast, maybe on Bravo or some like basic cable channel. Watch what then, happens. What's that? Watch what happens. Sure. Yeah, I would watch what happens. <laughs> That's the Bravo. On Bravo. Thing. Yes, that is the slogan. Of you Bravo. also you also watch movies. So it, there's a connection there. Maybe AMC. How about on AMC? That'd be perfect. AMC is the perfect showcase. You do the real Oscar ceremony there, and then maybe the next Sunday you do some condensed two-hour max version for dumb people. For it could masses. be on after Predator Two on AMC. No, I'm saying on the network, <laughs> ABC or whatever airs the edited version of the for- good show. Of the good show. And we get yeah. to see the real Oscars like we've always liked them with the montages and the actual celebrating of uh, at least celebrating popular movies, but still popular movies from the past hundred years yeah. and the Lifetime Achievement Awards and the stuff that the stuff that we liked. Like it really, I mean, it, it really infuriated me. How it's is the show like, still going three and a half hours and has all that stuff cut out of it? And also like, how about this? Add a, add a half hour. No one's going to notice. No one's going to notice. All right? Like, I was surprised. Like, oh, hey, we got out a little early today. I would have sat around another mm, 10, 15 minutes to listen to Francis Ford fucking Coppola accept his Lifetime Achievement Oscar. Even though he's a bit of a douche. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, You know what? I'll give him a pass for (laughs) those four amazing films. And just... Godfather. Godfather 2. The Outsiders and Apocalypse Now. And the conversion. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. Uh, five. Uh, Rumblefish is the one I was thinking of. No, what is the other one you're thinking of? The conversation. Conversation, right. Yeah, yeah. Stupid. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I do love The Outsiders, though. <laughs> it's a good movie. No, it's a fine movie, and I'm, I'm a big fan of One from the Heart. It's a brilliant misfire. So they did, did, they did have those. some history in the show tonight, but I really didn't like... They had it right after Anne Hathaway made a crack about how it was for like a younger audience and a younger mm-hmm. demographic. And then they had this boring ass thing about the was it the makeup in Gone with the Wind or something like that? I, I don't remember. I forget yeah. what it was, but it was like it was something that couldn't have been more boring. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then they had like a Titanic thing that no like do we really need to rehash Titanic again? Aren't there other movies we could rehash? Yeah, Aside, I mean, like, like, Titanic is, let's wait a while. Like, exactly, I, I love exactly. Titanic, 
But it's 14 years Is that W-A-D-E? Wade? Get it? People in Titanic, they all died. But they didn't wade. No. It wasn't like... No, they drowned. <laughs> yeah. Some of them may have waded. No, the water wasn't shallow enough for them to wade. I think you have to be able to touch bottom to wade. Oh, all right. Okay, that's a good point. I never thought of that. <laughs> what if there good was call. a? Ch- what if there was like some of the of the wreckage underneath? Like maybe they're like a dead husband's corpse. You got me. That they were talking, they were walking on, so they're waiting, talking through. to, yeah, and talking to. <laughs> they're probably saying things like, you can't let it go. Me. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm stepping I'm so on you. So <laughs> sorry. I mean, look, it's a what's fair our assumption. bank account number? <laughs> There's going to be uh, deep psychological problems. <laughs> you're probably going to talk to the corpse of your husband that you're standing on. Look, it's just going to happen. <laughs> Anyway, what I'm saying is... That's we, the history I want to see at the Oscars. Can we wait more than 14 years yeah. to lionize a film? Yeah. Yeah, it's... It, like, Titanic is not a classic yet. Oh, I think some people... Well, I agree, but I think some people... That's probably... That might be the oldest movie they've seen. <laughs> and it's a movie that everyone remembers and loves, and it made so much money, and they can't talk about Avatar yet. And so uh, <laughs> they got to go with the next best thing. Yeah. Well, no, I think it is Oscar royalty... Oh yeah, at the, yeah. Already, but I like, think I go by uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame rules. <laughs> you have to be twenty five years old to be a classic. That's fine. So but yeah, like Blue Velvet, now a classic because mm-hmm. it has not been twenty five years since Blue Velvet. There's yeah. a clip of Blue Velvet in there. There was, yeah, in the In Memoriam. Let's talk about the In Memoriam because this is something that uh, me that I was going to use bad gra- bad grammar there, but your wife and I disagreed about on okay. Twitter. And I think most people disagree with me, including my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. A lot of people liked that there was no applause during the in memoriam. I liked it. I liked it. And I get it in principle. I understand why you guys liked it. That it makes everyone equal. It's very. It's kind of Marxist of you guys. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I guess I missed the human element, like the connection, the 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 idea that these people are actually being remembered by people, like mm-hmm. the the applause. Uh, I, I made a joke on again on Twitter that I didn't I didn't tear up once during this, uh, these Oscars, which is true. Usually, as much as I hate the Oscars, I usually tear up at least once. Usually more than that. Uh, I, I did tear up. I didn't at all, and I feel like if there had been that well of applause when Blake Edwards' name came up, mm-hmm. I probably would have. Blake Edwards means a lot to me. And I think it's just it's it's that frustrating thing that I mean the Oscars are already about like look we all know ca- there are categories that nobody gives a shit about but we still want to honor them and so let's just rush through these as quickly as we can give somebody a little twenty second speech and let's all move on to the to best actor which is what the o- the only one everyone cares about um, an actress and all that but like like there's already enough of that going in the show as it is with like, okay, let's throw in these categories kind of as a token gesture to the unions and, uh, and let's move on. Like, and that's, and I am somebody that every year it's just like, you know, I don't, an agent pops up or something. It's like, I personally don't know who that is. So I probably would not applaud for him, but that's not to say that he didn't do amazing things. And by showing this person that I do know, like it's just, don't I don't know. Do you think people sort of, are smart enough to understand that, that, I mean, yes, this agent probably was a... I'm sure he was a great person, as all agents are. Um, <laughs> I picked exactly the wrong thing, <laughs> yeah, by the but way. I should anyway, have said composer or something. It's not about how good a person he was. Like, more people have a connection to Dennis Hopper than to an agent. Like, it doesn't mean... I think people are smart enough to know that a bigger applause for Dennis Hopper than some agent doesn't mean that people think Dennis Hopper's life was worth more. It's just that more people are connected to it. They, they might think his work was worth more. They're like... Who's like, going to think that? Oh, dumb people. 
People that read the red eye. People that <laughs> yeah, watch the Oscars. I don't care about them. <laughs> That's fine, but it, it's at the same They're time. They're going to be dumb either, either way. Those dumb people, because there was no applause tonight, those dumb people weren't thinking of it any differently. They were still saying, who the hell's John Barry? Right? <laughs> I, do like the, I do like the name, uh, the, the, the sound that you made. <laughs> yeah. um, I guarantee now, whether there's applause or not, the same dumb people didn't care about John Barry. But now, see, I have this bone to pick. And I do care about Who's John Barry. Who's the applause for? A, win- a winter's bone? The applause is... Who's the applause for? For the dead people. No, it's not. They're not receiving it, David, (laughs) for they are dead. You're right. The applause is for the rest of the people, so you know... See, I know who this fucker was. Like, I mean... I don't... uh, John Barry is a fucker. That's pretty (laughs) cynical. (laughs) That's more cynical than even I'm willing to be. Like, I still think it is just a show of appreciation for this person's work. I think it's sort of a... uh, I, I never really understood the necessity to applaud. And I think also, uh, speaking of these dumb people that may or may not exist... Um, oh, they exist. Oh, no, I'm sure they dumb do. Dumb people exist. everywhere. <laughs> I just don't know if they watch uh, the Oscars, but the... Uh, that's not true. I'm sure they Some do. of them won Oscars. Fair enough. I'm looking at you. Um, Natalie Portman. She seems no. like a oh, smart person. Yeah, she's not dumb. She's um, just, she just can't act, but she's actually... I that's agree. also not true. Clearly quite smart. And you've not seen the film. but uh, I've seen Natalie Portman act before he put quotes up <laughs> uh, was that not clear in my <laughs> i think it was probably pretty clear uh either that he uh, well, you listen and like well he either did quotes or he just gave tyler the finger with that <laughs> inflection in his in his voice um but i think the 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 clapping either consciously or unconsciously it supports a person's the dumb person that's watching it it supports their natural I instinct think subconsciously you're not implying that some of these people are asleep while they're clapping <laughs> There's the collective... Okay, yeah, probably yes. subconsciously. <laughs> let's say that. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the like hearing a swell of applause for someone that they know of, uh-huh. it so- I feel like it sort of confirms what they already kind of think, which is these other people, uh, they don't matter. The only people that matter are the people that I know about. I, not that anybody's going to rush to their computer and look up, who was this agent? You know, no one's going to uh-huh. do that. But it just... It, it, it just confirms what they already think, which is whatever I know is the only thing that matters. But they're gonna, they're, what I'm, I'm saying they're going to think that either way. I agree, but I think that's actually sort of irrelevant. The, the, whether or not the, the influence on dumb people or, or smart people or whoever is irrelevant when you're, when you're trying to pay respect to people who have died. That's the point, is simply to reflect on each person who has died. I don't know. I, I guess I, don't, I still don't see how applauding for a certain person enhances that i mean it's i understand the apl- i i understand people's instinct to applaud which is just like out of recognition uh, out of recognition just like oh my gosh like it's it, i feel like it's almost an instinctive thing so i don't think it's it's oh look at how awesome i am for knowing who this person is i think it's just like oh my gosh this person passed away and i and i Possibly, I forgot that he did, mm-hmm. and now I remember, and oh my gosh, I miss him, and this is the only way I, or her, and this is the only way I can express it, but, and so I'm fine with, I, cause, and I'm sure people probably did applaud in that theater, but uh, like the sound was off or something like that. I don't know, because I mean, you can still hear Celine Dion. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you'd think her mic would have at least picked up something. Yeah, probably. I think Maybe they were they probably just said, instructed don't. beforehand yeah. not huh. to applaud. Um, and maybe they'll bring it back, I don't know. I doubt they will. I, mean, I think, I think they, it brings been... us back to this thing about appreciating Hollywood history. Um, when you see the name of a Blake Edwards or someone who was directing films as early as the 
you know early 1960s and probably even before that i don't know when he started directing films mm-hmm. but um what pink panther was 63 is that right oh gosh i don't know i think 64 um but i'm not 100 percent. i'm gonna stick with 63 okay. i'm pretty sure anyway uh that's not the point what i'm saying is you see blake edward's name come up and the fact that this work that was done over 50 years ago is still still uh resonates with the people in the room Again, it attaches you to that sense of Hollywood history, which is what the Oscars, I think, were about when I liked them. And now, and now it's just here's a list of people that used to be important that are dead now. Well, now didn't they used to like? And maybe I'm just completely misremembering, but I thought that they used to like for an actor show them like in a role as opposed to just like a picture of them. Yes, they yeah, would they occasionally would. show yeah. yeah clips, or they would show like something in like the corner of the screen. Of what someone directed. And or so a like, costume designer or something like yeah. that. Or a cinematographer. It yeah. would show and a I, photo of them. And then what they did at the bottom. And in that, it's just like, oh, I don't know who that is. But they did that. Awesome. Yeah. And there was one yeah. picture tonight of like maybe a, a set designer. I'm not sure who. But like holding like something from Star Wars. And so yeah, it, it, it connected you to, to, was, to uh, that. I think it was a prop guy maybe. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, it's... I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess there's uh, different uh, theories about it, but one thing we can all agree on is uh, Maury Chaikin. Yeah. Look up his IMDb. He's been in a million things, including uh, an incredibly memorable role in a in a previous Best Picture winner, which is Dances, Dances with, with Wolves. Wolves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they all look. They always leave out somebody. I know yeah. that that. And sometimes it's someone I care about. Some sometimes it's someone that's like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. But but this is was it last year or two years ago that Brad Renfro. Was left. Oh, it was, a, it was a, uh, two years ago. Two years ago, and that that bothered me as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and part of me, I don't know. It's you can't have everyone. I understand that, but this was no. I mean, this guy, at the very least, I, I don't know. Maybe at the Emmys, he'll be play a bigger role because he was in a lot of television. I mean, he was Nero Wolf on that show, and he's been in a lot of other things. And maybe people think of him more as a, as a TV entity How, than a die? movie. He died in July. Oh, so it would have been on the Emmys already. Maybe it was. I, I don't. Him, I, don't I don't watch remember. the Emmys. I do. So, well, you've got a TV podcast. It makes sense. And yeah. I just like television. What have you? Go. But uh, but yeah. And so it's not like I was incredibly. <laughs> it's not like I started this TV podcast. I was like, ugh. Now I got to start <laughs> caring about TV. <laughs> I really should have looked before I left on this one. Uh, but the uh, yeah. And so it's what I, I guess. What I'll say is uh, I'm not incredibly pissed off that they left him off. I'm kind of bummed out. And uh, anybody who. Uh, I don't know. Go go and seek out the filmography of Maury Chaikin. He's really amazing. We're talking Art of War. We're talking Snipes. <laughs> absolutely. We're talking A Lifeless Ordinary. Yes. Oh, which absolutely. is actually like I mean that movie didn't doesn't have a lot of lasting lasting impact, but mm-hmm. that's actually one of my favorite Maury Chaikin roles. He's really funny in A Lifeless Ordinary. He's really great in Owning Mahoney. Uh, oh yeah. Where he which <laughs> is also a movie I didn't like very much. Yeah, but he has a funny role, which is he plays Philip Seymour Hoffman's bookie who cuts him off and says, okay, seriously, I, I can't keep taking your bets. <laughs> like, which, and it's very funny, the dynamic that, uh, that he has. So, yeah, more shaken. Seek him out. Yeah. There you go. All right. What about those hosts? Yeah. Can we I, talk about that? Enough with the dead people, all right? No, I think we're continuing that in this discussion. <laughs> it felt like they were dead. Well, let's go one step before. Let's go Kirk Douglas. Almost dead. Foot in the grave. At first, I was like, get this man off my screen. This This poor, poor man. Please, why are you torturing him and us? But then, Kirk Douglas got wise to what was going on, 
and he took the temperature of the room and started just like just making just having the greatest comic timing with his little you know yeah. and just like i'm just gonna milk this crowd as much as i can and i kind of enjoyed that it it, it, it was the first moment in the broadcast that i started enjoying myself mm-hmm. like after that whole awful like uh thing at the beginning where Franco and Hathaway were in people's dreams or in the movies. Oh, see, I like that. Which is something that they've done, they did with Billy Crystal yeah, like, for a long time. Yeah, but it's been funny in the past. Fair this enough. was not funny I me. found it amusing. I didn't think, I can't think of any of it that was funny. Alec Baldwin was funny in it. Yeah, oh yeah, I liked like the, when he falls uh, the a- ambient Capri Sun I liked. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, no, so I, like, liked, after that, I liked all and, the stuff like exploding and then James Franco in sort of his like faux serious like one shred of proof. Come on, Leo. And just like <laughs> insistent upon, even though everything's like exploding around him. I, I, I found that amusing. I, I did not like the Back to the Future ending, though. That seemed, com- th- that was out of nowhere and had nothing to do with anything. And also, it's like, so you can't be bothered to put them in Winter's Bone or have James Franco parody himself yeah. in 127 hours. You can't be bothered to do that. Did you say did you mention like the the double possibilities? Yes. Yeah, that was funny. That uh that yeah, they should have had Anne Hathaway cut off James Franco's arm with a chainsaw in a boat yeah. and that way you've got a tie in between <laughs> both movies, but uh spoilers. But uh yeah, it's just like, but that, you got such a cryptic spoiler for Winter's Bone that no one knows what it oh, means. Or Lord. is it a spoiler for 127 hours? I think people know that. Yeah, he cuts off his arm with a chainsaw in 127 in a hours in a boat. <laughs> exactly. People know about that. It was man, this whole rock climbing thing with a boat was ill advised. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, and so it's just like I, I don't know, like the inclusion of Back to the Future. Look, I like Back to the Future. I really enjoy it, but it almost seemed like. Uh, like yet another bad use of history. A bad use of history. Like, like, hey, uh, th- this is a movie you know about and love, right? Let's do this. Like, it was like their their huge uh, tribute to uh, John Hughes. I like I, I like John Hughes. I respect John Hughes. That's fine. Um, but like, they played him up because, of course, people know John Hughes. Yeah, and people know Back to the Future. More people know Back to the Future than know Winner's Bone. And so let's. Yeah. In spite of the fact that Winner's Bone is a Best Picture nominee, mm-hmm. let's shove them into Back to the Future. Yeah. Yeah, the only movies they really mentioned historically were Back to the Future, Gone with the Wind, Titanic. Do we really need to rehash these movies? Like, right. There's so many um, other great movies. I'm going to let you guys continue this conversation. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sure glad about that. Okay. So, well, this is weird. Tyler, Do- has, Tyler has exited the podcast. Yeah. Um, no. Anyway, so I take no breaks after the uh, or prisoners. The to me not so funny opening, and then the then it got really awkward unfunny. and stilted oh opening monologue. What I'm saying is, again, the Kirk Douglas thing was the first time that I started enjoying myself, mm-hmm. and then after that came Alyssa Leo's speech, which was great, and she said "fuck," which was awesome, which was totally awesome. <laughs> uh, speech not so good until then was a little. She she was just so all over the place. Yeah. And then, like, saving the, like, <laughs> the end of her speech, like, saving the big moment, like, and finally. Like, she's going to say something heartfelt yeah, and, and beautiful. It's the Academy? I know. Who the <laughs> fuck thanks the Academy first and foremost? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> but she talks. Here's what it is to me. Here's my theory. Because there's all these nominee, like, as we know from having former nominee Greg Helvey on the show, 
there's all these like luncheons. brunches and yeah. luncheons and things that uh, they do crunches together. <laughs> they get the munchies. <laughs> um, they, they have hunches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they anyway. There's all this stuff. They all get to know each other. I think she. I think Melissa Leo might have kind of over the course of all this preparation drank the Academy Kool Aid a little bit, and oh, yeah. that's why she was so insistent on finally. Thank you to the Academy. Yeah. Like, well, I think save that one for like sick people or I don't know. <laughs> well, I think God, it also write a nice letter to the Academy. <laughs> right. I mean, did you did you hear about the controversy with her that she had? No, there was a okay. So there well, was she a, said fuck. We no, talked about I, that. You were in the bathroom. No, no, no. Uh, she felt this, she was a uh, should have been up for best actress, but because of her age, was relegated to supporting. That's what it was. Yes. No, it's uh, she had taken out an ad in Variety. Uh, of herself um, looking like very glamorous and it just says for your consideration and uh, the and it, like a lot of people very, were very upset by that and her her general attitude was like I wanted people to see that I'm not this really gross ugly person and even real though life that's, person what was that real life person whatever um, that's this monster, there. this disgusting <laughs> human being who deserves no pity from Boston, but uh, fight me. So that's uh, <laughs> and so she she got a lot of flack for for doing that, and she just said, "I wanted people to see me in a different light than they probably do." You know, I don't. Kirk get, Douglas uh, certainly did. He told her, <laughs> "Oh, absolutely, you're so much prettier than you were in the movie." <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He's allowed to say it. Yeah, but yeah, he, uh, he was awesome. But the except okay. What memoir has the worst title? Aaron Ralston's Between a Rock and a Hard Place or Kirk Douglas's A Stroke of Luck? Oh, really? <laughs> really what his book is called. Here's the thing. If it I were, think I actually have a copy of it somewhere. If it were anybody else and not that wily old man, I'd say, that's terrible. But he's just like, ha, ha, what do you think of this? Look, I, I wrote that and they actually let me print it. Like, um, yeah, but, I actually I do have a copy of that book somewhere. I would like. I've, I've never read it, but uh, and so it, it really it was very similar to. Uh, so her thanking the academy was very similar to Monique thanking the academy yeah. for the performance, not the politics. And she talked about thank you for honoring the work as opposed to this thing that might have been ill advised that I did. And so that's. I think that's where that came from. And, okay, uh, that makes sense. Okay, still yeah, get your sense. assistant to write a letter. That's enough. <laughs> You've already got the Oscar. They can't take it back now. <laughs> but. Uh, but speaking of enjoyable speeches and the fighter, Christian Bale. Uh, yeah. Great speech. Man, mm-hmm. he was – I really liked it, and I liked that he was – he had a nice little uh, re- moment of uh, self-deprecation. You know, it's like I'm not going to say the F – you know, drop the F-bomb. I've already <laughs> done that enough. Yeah. Uh, and I liked that. And then he plugged Dick El- com. Yeah. Yeah. There was a weird reaction from the audience at that moment. How did you guys read that? It sounded like they, I mean, maybe they didn't know he was there, or maybe they, it was a weird reaction, because my first thought was like, oh, that's really nice of him. Good for yeah. him for saying that. But it seemed like the, some of the audience were like, oh. Yeah. It didn't, isn't that what it sounded like? Did you hear it? I, I don't recall. You were too, I, your head was buried in your computer. That's right. Well, it was, it was in, in my phone. I do recall that reaction, and it's it was very it strange. It struck me as weird. It seemed like they would be more supportive, and I can't quite. I don't know why it registered as like, oh, he shouldn't have said that, or oh, I'm surprised he said that. It was not altogether I think just supportive. Saying the words dot com during an Oscar, ex- Oscar <laughs> expression yeah. is almost like, like, hey, this is supposed to be 
anachronistic, not cu- not current. Look, we nominated uh-huh. the social network. Isn't that enough for you? Yeah. <laughs> um, or do you think they just think like, oh, that's like you shouldn't be shilling for something when you're given your acceptance? Yeah, I think you absolutely should. But it, especially something sh- like I, I'm that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, you pay tribute to. If I won an Oscar, when I get up there, I would certainly when I win an Oscar, I get up there. And yeah, I would probably show for something. I'd thank some people, and then I would say, "Listen, when you're on an escalator, you stand to the right, you walk to the left, <laughs> just so everyone knows." Yeah. Escalator etiquette. That <laughs> I would make a point of saying that. Double E. If I, I yeah. won an Oscar, yeah. Um, yeah. I to me, him doing that was probably the closest I came to tearing up because that was such a selfless act for him, and also like if you if you've done some of the research into the people in the fighter, you know that. Since then, Dickie Eklund has had more troubles with the law. Right. And so, he, but he's trying to get himself back on track. He's always trying that. And yeah. so he's, he's offering his services to train people. And this is the website. And this, and he, and Christian Bale understands that because he had to be this guy. Mm-hmm. And so he is doing what he can to help at a time when he can probably help the most. Well, and I think it also shows, and, uh, an even stronger connection to the character he just played. Oh, because, absolutely. I, honestly, because he's actually connected to the guy in real life and mm-hmm. like has a relationship with him. It's not so. It's almost not just academic for him as an actor. Like there was some impact that the real person had on him, and I think that that came through as well, which I thought was nice. Um, the last thing I want to say about Christian Bale's speech is. At the end, he didn't say his wife's name in a way that sounded like he forgot his wife's name. But I know he didn't. He was just choked up. But here's yeah. the thing. I guarantee if you go on celebrity gossip sites right now, there are stories. Did Christian Bale forget his wife's name? Yeah. I guarantee some people think. Like we talked about dumb Because people. of the way they cut away. Right. Like he said, yeah. my wife, and then they cut to her. And then you like you didn't see him get choked up until they cut back. Yeah. But then you heard him say something to the effect of, I didn't think I was one of those guys. Right. Yeah. And he still didn't say his wife's name, which, of course, probably only compounded yeah. people's theories. <laughs> but I have actually I, I remember th- and even I made a Twitter joke about it. And then I yeah, said, I joked like, about it, too. I said, like, hey, by the way, he's clearly just choked up. I did. And frankly, myself. that's not part of my Twitter persona. Oh, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that on some. BP <laughs> You're Twitsana. Twitsana. <laughs> but uh but I, I find myself no, wondering... Twit sauna is when I tweet pictures of myself in the sauna. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But it's not really you, it's your persona. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, and I find myself wondering, like, I bet he just literally couldn't say his wife's name, otherwise he would have gotten... Like, if I was yeah. in that position, I would probably have a hard time saying Jen without just freaking lo- com- losing it completely. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that was a nice moment, too. Yeah. I liked his speech. Uh I liked Aaron Sorkin's speech because he mentioned Patty Chayefsky, uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, although I kind of felt the rest the rest of it was a little cold and detached. Here's what my, my girlfriend got hung up on, and I thought this was hilarious. He said, it's good to be, like, went alongside, you know, however many years ago, Patty Chayefsky, who also won for a movie with Network in, in the title, and my girlfriend was like, Network's not in the title of Network. It <laughs> is the title of Network. <laughs> and I basically didn't hear the back half of Sorkin's speech because Natalie wouldn't let that go. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Although, I mean, if you, look at, uh, if you look at the opening credits of Network, it does say Patty Chayefsky's Network. So maybe that's the official title. There you go. I, I don't that's think that's right. I don't think that's I don't right. think it does say that. No, it does say that. It does or say maybe it says Network by Patty Chayefsky. Damn it. I think, it's, I think okay. it says that. But, um, but that's the whole title. Network by Patty Chayefsky. Yeah. I think you're wrong. He was a credit hog. <laughs> but uh, um, other speeches uh, that were good. Um, 
the D- King speech writer, David Seidler. Yeah, his is good. Yeah, very good. Randy oh. Newman, Speech of the Night. Yes. Uh, there's one I liked uh, uh, maybe even better for personal, but his was extremely funny. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, I re- a fuck you. Yeah, I hated that song, yeah. but uh, he redeemed himself. Yeah. Oh, uh, Randy Newman like has written some songs that yeah I hate too, but he's still Randy Newman. Like he's mm-hmm. awesome. He has a history of being awesome. Okay. Uh, and he has written some great songs, including I Love L.A., which people, I think a lot of people don't realize that that's a great song, because a lot of people don't realize how funny it is. Yeah, they think it's about how much someone loves L.A. <laughs> yeah, but if you listen to the lyric, he's like, he's like, look at that bum, he ain't got no cares, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's a very funny song. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's also, it's funnier if you live here, because the street names he calls out, like, he calls out some famous street names, but he's like, Imperial Highway, <laughs> Victory Boulevard. <laughs> like, these are not like glamorous stretches of road. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very funny song. Hey, there are parts of Victory that are pretty solid. Majestic, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> we are currently co- recording just uh, maybe 100 yards or so from Victory Boulevard. Indeed. Yeah. But uh, I feel like there are other speeches. Oh, uh, uh, Luke Manthe? Is that his name? It's either Manthe or Matheny. I couldn't quite remember. I don't recall. For God is love or God of love. God of love. Yeah, he oh. had a he had a really nice one and just and very genuine. And I feel like to assert, uh, was it you that tweeted like this is clearly somebody who loves making movies? Yeah, he's not- actually passionate about making movies. He hasn't gotten used to the whole thing yet. Yeah, he's not full of shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, I guess that's a good way of phrasing it. Not that everybody who won who won an Oscar tonight was. Right. But well, I could it was think just while watching that guy was like, this is the guy who I'd be like at an indie rock show and be like, really? You're going to stand in front of me with that hair? Uh-huh. I can't see anything. That's what <laughs> <laughs> I was I was annoyed by his hair. Yeah, just but, by the fact that he was tall. But he immediately said, like, oh, I should have got that haircut. <laughs> but to be tall and have that hair is kind of a dick move. <laughs> <laughs> To choose to be tall, and then to choose to have hair that would even yeah. conceive both, of something. Both choices that, that he made willingly. Yeah. We're trying to have a civilization here. <laughs> um, were, were there any other uh, like speeches, good or bad? That oh, of course there was. Uh, was it uh, the costume designer? Oh my god! The woman who's just so angry I would at the like world. To thank which? Oh, the one the who read completely nominee. off the card, or yeah, that doesn't bother me. It was it was more just her just. Demeanor of just Her like, attempt at a robot voice, <laughs> it seems. Uh, and uh, I don't like to laugh at people, but she came up so... like She's like, oh, I just lo- I bet $10,000 on someone else, <laughs> and now I just lost it. But uh, This makes Tim Burton happy, and that makes me angry. <laughs> there were no moments like last year where that crazy woman ran up on stage and whew, yeah. took over during the uh, live act, during a documentary short. Who was the guy? Who was the, there, was, there was one, maybe it was like... It wasn't costumes. It wasn't uh, – maybe it was art direction. But the guy literally sounded like the voice that comes out of your computer when you type in words and make the computer speak for oh, you. Oh, that was uh, – Director of uh, the documentary. Yeah, Charles Inch- Ferguson, director of Inside, Inside Job. Job. Inside, yeah. That's right, yes. Was that – now, I, I did not hear his, his political comment at the beginning, unfortunately. I don't remember it either. Okay. Wait, yeah, no. I, I did because I tweeted about it, right? Yes, you did. Oh, it was something about how uh, two plus years after the financial oh, no, breakdown, yeah. and still no financial analyst has seen jail time, or, or mm-hmm. no one, no one who wears a suit has seen jail time. Essentially, uh, is that is that really that radical a comment? I didn't think it was radical, but I was glad he said it. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Speaking that, of that, that okay. That. Uh, there's something else I was going to say before we get to that. Okay, two things. I'm going to take over the floor for a second. That's fine. Take it. But it's going to involve asking you questions, so not entirely. Oh, I'm out. Um, <laughs> I don't really follow anymore like I used to the sort of odds. Um, so I kind of only know what my friends expected to win. Was Inside Job winning an upset over Exit of the Gift Shop, or no. was it expected to win? It was expect. It was. I think it was expected okay. to win. A lot of people said that Gaslander Restrepo with Inside Job. I think the favorite to win. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very few people expected Exit Through the Gift Shop to to win. Like, it's, it was, yeah, that's that's what happens when you live in like a cloistered niche. Like yeah. everyone I know, just was like Exit of the Gift Shop. That's the best one, and yeah. I would agree. It was I like number three? I think on my. Mm-hmm. On my best of. Did you see a uh, friend of the show, Greg Helvey's tweet that he met uh, uh, Mr. Brainwash yeah. uh, in between, yeah. like during the commercial or something? Um, That's delightful. And then my second thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. About political things. And I I was surprised because a lot of people have often used uh, Oscar speeches to make political points from Vanessa Redgrave to Martin Brando uh, to Michael Moore, you know, um, I was surprised that we heard so little about unions and the Wisconsin thing. Someone did say union. Yeah, the word union came up, but it yeah. seemed like it was almost like a veiled thing. Like yeah. they thanked the union crew or whatever. Like it was like if you know what I'm yeah. talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But I feel like I feel like I would have if I had won an Oscar this year, I would have cut the escalator thing out of my speech. And talked about the uh, the union thing. My first, I, maybe I'm just in the mood to be political lately. But seriously, America, didn't we win? Didn't the American workers win this fight fifty years before I was fucking born? Collective bargaining isn't that? It's practically it should be a right now. And the fact that Wisconsin is trying to take it away from its government employees is uh, so regressive as to make me almost embarrassed to be an American. Well, you're not from Wisconsin. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if we were recording in Wisconsin? I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be uh, protesting and eating pizza. Do you know about that? Uh, no. no, I don't know. It about was like that a one. Twitter thing where it was like because people were like camped out outside the the uh, the Capitol in uh, Madison. Is that yeah, Madison? Yeah. Right. And it was a thing like on Twitter: call this pizzeria and order a pizza to be sent to the... If you support these people, mm-hmm. you can order a pizza to be sent to the protesters. And, like, this one pizzeria was uh, yeah. participating in that. So. Then in my own way... I mean, because I ate pizza last night, so, yeah. I, so, so you, I pretty much supported. Yes, you support... Oh, thank God I'm on the right side. Wisconsin. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I, I was just surprised we didn't uh, hear more about that. Yeah, because when the, when the guy did say... There's power in a union. The union forever. Uh, hang on. Uh, I, yes... Yes, but There's in a different way. At the door to take David away. <laughs> oh, okay, bye, David. Coming to take him away. Ha ha. <laughs> but the uh, when when he said like a union crew and people applauded, like my first thought was like, yeah, Hollywood unions. Oh wait, yeah. <laughs> like I didn't I didn't think of it immediately. Um, I, I have this point. Like, um, both of my parents were essentially like worker types, or at least blue collar types, a mechanic and a and an, and an RN, a nurse, but they weren't in a union so I didn't really have a lot of I didn't grow up feeling a certain way about the union it wasn't until I started working as a PA and being a non-union person surrounded by people who were union that I realized how much it sucks to not have that uh, that power of collective bargaining and stuff I mean PAs get treated like shit and they aren't unionized and that's why they are able to get treated like shit because 
the 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 teamsters and and all the you know lots of other you know everyone else everyone else who works on a movie is union and um they they have a much better deal than mm-hmm. the PAs. When I was a uh, runner uh, slash PA at, uh, at that company that I can't say because um, I'm about to speak ill of them, uh, they we worked a, a certain hour day, and I said, uh, "But that's isn't that over the amount? Like, are we supposed to get an hour of overtime?" Yeah, and they said, uh, "Yeah, I mean, yes, but we're just treating that as just a, our normal work day." Well, and I was like, uh, that's, that's wrong, right? Yeah. Like, the way they would do it when I worked um, on at least one film, I also won't say the studio I was working for, but the idea was that I made, I made a flat rate every week. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, and what, the way they got around it was that they assumed that I was, make, that I was working 12-hour days and then made my hourly rate so low that my eight-hour hourly yes. rate plus time and a half would add up to the that day rate. That day rate. So I was making like barely above minimum wage, technically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's it's shameful. And if we if PAs had collective bargaining, it wouldn't happen. Yeah, and I just got done doing a PA gig where it was a twelve and a half hour day because you did six hours for a thirty minute lunch and uh-huh. then six more hours. You know, which is like already that's a long day, but to have that shitty of a lunch. Is uh, is just like yeah. an extra slap in the face. Yeah. I have not seen uh, Norma Ray with uh, Sally Field about a woman unionizing yeah, factory I. workers. I've seen Mate One though, and I have seen the Molly Maguires, which oh, yeah. is about it, it uh, takes Irish place coal. around the same yeah Irish area coal miners subject matter. Uh, I've Wong. heard Mate One is is amazing, awesome. and I'm a big fan of the Molly Maguires. And uh, yeah, like if you're, I know that there are some people that get very upset uh, about unions, and and perhaps there is occasionally. Maybe more than occasionally, like uh, an abuse of, of power or, yeah, or taking in the unions. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean that the union system is wrong. It just means right. that it could use some changes. But still, there is power in a union. Watch those movies, and you'll see. You'll see exactly. Including uh, Billy Bragg here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's power in the factory. There's power in the land. There's power in the hand of the workers. But what does it mean if united we don't stand? There is power. In the union. Wow, that I might song have mis- sounds I'm, preachy. I might have mixed up the. Uh, it, did I mention it was Billy Bragg? <laughs> it's a little preachy. Yeah. <laughs> um, were there any? Okay, so did I, Anne Hathaway say that as part of her speech tonight? Here we go. Uh, in anything, boy, she sucked so <laughs> incredibly hard. Did you see the look on the constant look on James Franco's face? Like he was, and uh, uh, our friend uh, Josh, who I guess mm-hmm. writes for your dude's website, uh, even like tweeted about it. Like James Franco can't figure out how to dump his <laughs> date. <laughs> like, I think they were both terrible, personally. I think he. I w- think he was phoning it in. I think he fared a little bit better. He actually had like laugh lines that caused me to laugh. Like I, I for some reason, I really laughed at his whole thing. He's like, "Congratulations, nerds." Yeah, and just <laughs> that was like, very funny. That that really made me laugh. It just he I know had, some of the people I follow on Twitter who are nerds who work in technical mm. aspects of <laughs> film industry were not happy with that. I wouldn't and, assume they but, would be, but that's that's. I, a good, was, that's I think a it was just joke. a joke. I think James Franco does appreciate oh, yeah, the work of of the nerds. <laughs> yeah, and just yeah, I think he's. I think he has a good sense of humor. I think the jokes were not there, and I think he could have hosted it. Probably by himself and fared better. Oh, much yeah. better because Anne Hathaway is like the popular girl who can't tell any jokes, 
but everyone has to listen to the jokes because she's popular and she's pretty and you want to have sex with her. And she's a good actress. Like, she is. Um, she's also she that, can be a but funny like, yeah, actress, but I do like boy, her. she is an actress. But, me, okay. I've always thought about the terror of the moment of like a guy who jumps out of an airplane and then realizes he didn't have a parachute on. Okay. And there's got there's he realizes he's going to die and there's nothing he can do about it, but there's still a few minutes of consciousness left when he has to deal with it. Yeah. The moment we came back from commercial and she was in that tuxedo and I realized she was going to sing, I think I know how that guy feels. <laughs> 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 well, and then like, and what, and like, oh, she's she's singing very well. This song is ridiculously terrible. It's not a good song. It's not funny. No, like, no. It could be a dumb song if it's going to be funny. It wasn't either. No, and it wasn't really. It wasn't even like about the movies. <laughs> yeah, it was just about Hugh Jackman. <laughs> and then just like, That's, oh, okay, <laughs> which the way I mean, the way that's described sounds funny. Like it sounds like you could make a funny thing. Like how about? How about we just have Anne Hathaway be like sing a mean song about Hugh Jackman for a minute and a half? That'd be funny. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't. That's what but they not do at, with Oscar. Not at the Oscars. Yeah. Well, that's what they do with, <laughs> with YouTube, Oscar. That's great. <laughs> yeah, just something she does at home uh, on a lark. Yeah, a drunken lark. I have say to for assume. YouTube or for YouTube? YouTube. Okay. Speaking oh, yeah. of YouTube, how about that ridiculous waste of time? Where they auto-tuned actual lines from movies and made a song out of it? Yeah, that's the thing that we watched instead of Francis Ford Coppola when uh, yeah. uh, uh, Lifetime Achievement. Yeah. yeah. And again, the idea of it seems like, oh, that's amusing, but the songs weren't funny enough to justify that much time. It was. It seemed like someone won a contest, right? Like That's what I said on Twitter. Actually. Oh, is it? Okay. We'll keep going back to Twitter. I feel bad. But you know what? Oh, you well. guys listeners should have followed us on Twitter. We were all great. I don't know how good I was. It's fine. <laughs> I was fantastic. A, yeah, we did. We all did a great job. Okay, we should all be patting ourselves on a, on the back. I was like for the, three Academy. and a half hours <laughs> <laughs> with my phone. Those tweets were what happened when the phone connected with my back. Well, you know, they say you know an infinite number of Jasons with an infinite number of phones, <laughs> and you get an Oscar Live tweet. That's right. <laughs> so you're saying that his <laughs> tweets are really just like was it War and Peace? Uh, that they well, say that about? I think I've heard it about Hamlet, but I think they've said okay. it about other things. Yeah. It could really be anything. Those monkeys, they're pretty versatile. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, now as, as am I. Now, as far as... Uh, as uh, aside from the ceremony, yeah, I mean, it was it was really... I think everybody in that room, everyone watching it was just like, this is... In fact, I, I'll go back to one of my tweets, because, and I, I couldn't make it clever. I just said, I hate this. <laughs> I was so angry. We're talking about, about Anne Hathaway's song. Right. The whole, th- just oh, the, the whole, whole thing. thing. But it, it, invariably, I thought about it after uh, mm-hmm. something that they were doing, or after the horrible banter between uh, Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis, oh. where he's just like, "I am Banksy." No, you're not. <laughs> Shut up. I hate you. Well, like the thing. Now, how that- great would it have been? Again, I said this on Twitter, but you guys, you listeners, don't know that. How great would it have been after Justin Timberlake said, "I'm Banksy," if Kirk Douglas came back out and said, "I'm Banksy." Yeah, that's so. That that's great. great. Or if Oprah would have said it. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite moments of the night was the must-have-been-accidental cutaway to the Coen brothers while Oprah was speaking, <laughs> and they could not have given less of a shit. That was delightful to it, me. It literally, like, one of them was looking down, and it literally, literally was like him being like, I think I stepped in something. <laughs> hey, what's going on? <laughs> but, I mean, I, you know, maybe I would. I probably wouldn't be that interested either if my film was completely shut out, as it was. Yeah. But, I mean, they don't give a shit. No, they don't. They don't care. Although maybe they were rooting for uh, Roger Deakins and uh, Haley Steinfeld. That did bother me. 
Oh, um, I'm okay with uh, as much as I hated Inception. I'm perfectly okay with Wally Pfister winning. Yeah, that's fine. He's a very good cinematographer. Um, yeah. But uh, but at the same time, I don't like to think in terms of like, oh, it's so and so's so and so's turn. Except Roger Deakins never phones it in, and that's beautiful cinematography for yeah. a True Grit. Mm-hmm. And of course, Haley Steinfeld carried that movie because, of course, she was the lead. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, but no, like um, one thing I put on Twitter was. Boy, my generation is not very funny tonight. <laughs> and that bothers me that like, ah, yes, this is what happens when we let that generation have a little bit of control at the Oscars. Meanwhile, like you you, you tweeted it, and I completely agreed when Billy Crystal came back out. It was just like there was a few moments where it was just the stage and Billy Crystal in the middle of the screen, and it was just like... What world am I in? Maybe I can, if I blink hard enough, maybe I'll switch over to a universe where he's hosting this year's Oscars. You know what? It's funny though. Like the last time he hosted the Oscars, I didn't think it was that great. But I, I would take that was. five of those over tonight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, Kevin Spacey was good. Like his little ditty. I was like, oh yeah. Like he he might be an okay Oscar host. Sandra Bullock was good. Yes. Jeff, well, Jeff Bridges, he's not going to host the Oscars, oh, but God, like no. you just see like <laughs> these people do this. That's the thing. I don't think B- Billy Crystal is particularly funny, but there's an effortlessness to it as opposed to someone like Anne, Anne Hathaway, who's just trying so very hard yeah. and just failing every line. And it's just and I felt I felt kind of bad for her because I like her as an actress. She was never meant to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And part of me is just like, what? Why are we not watching Jon Stewart right now? Huh. I'll even mm-hmm. take Ellen. I didn't think Ellen was a good, did a great job. But I did not think she was funny. But, but at the very least, she I'd was. Say, uh, I want Chris Rock back. Yeah. I liked. That I love Chris favorites. Rock. Yeah. Get, but get back Letterman. He's even crankier now than he was. Get him back. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. It's uh, you know what? Reanimate Bob Hope and get him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did reanimate Bob Hope. Yeah, I didn't like that last. I was like tasteless that last bit at all. No. But uh, I did like that. That's that was one of the historical sequences I did like. Yeah, but Up it was more about Oscar history than about Hollywood history, and I don't I don't care as much about Oscar history. Yeah, but as- in that sense, the two sort of become inter- intertwined. Yeah. Especially, although at the same time, I'm sure they're like, ugh, I wish we didn't have to do this Bob Hope thing so that everybody watching would be like, wow, what must it have been like to you know watch the Oscars when it was good and fun and, oh, great sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been nice. And I then, miss Bob Hope. But making him say Robert Downey Jr. and Jude yeah. Law was... Uh, Who I also thought were pretty funny. Uh, yeah, they were fine. I thought I, they were. I, f- I don't like Robert Downey Jr. By the way, but I thought he did a good job. He did. He did pretty well, though. I, mean, at I like the same him as an actor. Like, I just don't like him. Y- you don't think maybe he views life as Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy his uh, persona. Of I, I enjoy it to a point where he's the guy who I'm the pompous actor, and I will shit on crew members or <laughs> writers or whatever. Like. He's done that now a few times, and I, I it's clear like they're writing to this character, yeah. and that's fine. But after a while, it's just like, uh, I'm starting to think maybe it's not <laughs> totally a character, but that might just be me reading into things. Did either of you see Due Date? No. no. In that movie, he punches an eight-year-old child in the stomach. All right, that's pretty funny. Yeah, it is funny. funny. <laughs> and he spits in a dog's face. Again, that's funny. It is funny. Both of those moments are very funny. I don't either. But let's change. Okay, we're gonna change gears and talk about who actually won, real quick. Um, but uh, before we do that, there was one thing that I wanted to uh, to mention because uh, 
whether he wrote it himself. Of course he didn't write it himself. What am I talking about? Uh, Spielberg's thing that mm-hmm. he said before best pic- before announcing Best Picture was, I think, I like that he said it. I like that people applauded. And I like that in that sentence, without being incredibly, without being biting, he managed to deflate some of the Oscar you have to tell me what he said because I think I was uh, too involved in my Kung Pao beef at that point. Oh, okay. I don't even really remember. Well, uh, he gave he gave several examples, but he said, you know, we are going to be announcing. Uh, he probably said it better than this, as opposed to like a manager at a department <laughs> store. But uh, we're going to be Attention. announcing. <laughs> Attention, Walmart customers! I remember it a little better. If okay, you yes, go ahead. He said. One of these ten films is about to join the ranks of, and then he listed some best picture winners. Uh-huh. And then he said, on the other hand, nine of the the other nine are about to enter the ranks of, and then he listed like Raging Bull. And yeah. so he just oh, basically said, very nice. All of these films are in amazing company now, whether they win or not. Yeah, and also like in in incorporating some uh, a film like Raging Bull, which yeah. I I personally don't like as much as I like Ordinary People. I think. Pretty much everyone would agree it's a better film, um, yeah. and I'd say a more. You're saying Raging Bull. Everyone would agree Raging Bull. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Raging yeah. Bull is is probably better made. Even film. Robert Redford agrees. Yeah, he's just like really. Look, this was just a fun thing for me to try. <laughs> I didn't expect this. I didn't know people liked me this much, but uh, and I just I liked that he like as as angry as we're all going about to get about Tom Hooper's win. Who gives a shit? I don't ultimately. <laughs> Like, I mean... It, yeah, I'm not angry at all about Tom Hooper's Not name, that I'm... Because fe- well, I don't care. But you haven't seen the film. If you saw the film, it's a it's a perfectly... It's an ably directed film, but nothing about that movie deserves best director or best picture. But at the same time, like, it just... It, it like, really cooled me out a little bit and yeah. kind of... It, it brought the proper perspective that, like, the movies are going to keep going yeah. long after this is done. It'll be fine. Here's the thing. The guy that I sort of view as the placeholder for Christopher Nolan's nomination won the award. Yeah, that's true. Like of those five, his he, he did the least effective job directing, or there just wasn't even as much directing to do in that film as in any of the other films. We all thought he was going to be the Stephen Daldry <laughs> of this year, and it turns out, uh, no, he's he's the Robert Redford, or the, well, he's not a former actor, but like... You know, and and it's a it's a again very ably directed film from a director whose work I have liked in the past. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's such a such an odd surprise. Um, and of course Which you one? have uh, Tom uh, Hooper winning. Tom Hooper winning, yes. Yeah. Best director. Yeah. Um, what else is nominated? This is where we get into the stuff that I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, Darren Aronofsky, David O. Russell, David Fincher, and the Coen Brothers. Oh. Like very like well directed movies with like a very clear like style or challenges and there are challenges to every movie of course uh, but like the King's Speech hey like I you know it was my tenth tenth favorite movie of the year but like it's it's just a very solid film that was enjoyable to watch but it is if anything a writer and actor's film long before a director's. Yeah. Now, let me bring up something that uh, is sort of a callback to a couple different episodes you guys have done. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the journeyman won oh, instead of all the auteurs. I would say all the the other four nominees are all auteurs. I would agree. Um, and now, and I'm upset about it as well, to the extent that we're, any of us are upset, right. that the journeyman won because, in my mind, 
I do put their effort and their abilities stylistically above his ability to just essentially set up the camera and say, all right, this will be good, and, you know, over over a standard job. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It, I, I'm not. I'm trying to think of like a, a compare. I mean, I guess sort of, eh, sort of like Ron Howard. I like Ron Howard. He's a he's a perfectly good director. But like, I mean, he won against Ridley Scott specifically for Black Hawk Down, and he and he won against Robert Altman and Peter David Jackson. Lynch and Peter Jackson. Like, and he's just a he just directed a a, a good movie that people liked and. I, don't so I know. think that's what I mean. I don't, I don't know how good a job Tom Hooper did because I didn't see the movie. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the problem with the more auteurist you are and the more personal your film is, um, it means it's going to hit some people harder yeah. and, some, and more people not at all. And yeah. I think when you've got a film that's sort of just uh, sturdy and well directed in this uh, broader, more accessible sense, like the Tom Hooper thing, it's. It's uh, scattering wider in, in terms of uh, the people it's reaching. I agree, but here here's what. Uh, uh, well, and and even somebody, even a film like The Social Network, like David Fincher has. I don't like to think in these terms, but he's paid his dues. I mean, people have long since accepted him as a solid director who makes you know. At the very least, interesting movies. Yeah, uh, David Fincher has made more films I dislike than films I like, and I still think that he's a great talent and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and, and uh, a treasure. And the films that because he made Zodiac, it, yeah, seriously, yeah, yeah. that yeah. movie's and, so amazing. And he, I know it's been like almost four <laughs> years now, but shit, that movie is great. Gosh, it's almost been four years. Yeah, and I actually, I mean, I I I still like Fight Club, and I still like. Do you dislike Seven? No, I like Seven. Okay, I don't so like Fight Club. Like, I don't like Alien Three. I don't like the 3. game. I don't like Panic Room. I don't like the game, but I do like Panic Room. I kind of like the game, and I kind of like Panic Room. Um, I didn't see Benjamin Button. Neither did I. I did, but that's but so like well directed. Hmm. Well directed. Oh, I'm sure it is. And just it's just it's, but maybe it's it really all this stuff that I've been talking about uh, that people have been saying like oh the Social Network that's just. You know, it's too timely. It's, you know, people are going to forget about it because of the subject matter, I guess. But I don't think that's true at all. I think it's it's something that... Who's saying that? Oh, a surprising number of people online. <laughs> it it really... And even on, uh, even in, uh, like, Entertainment Weekly, people would say, uh, you know, they have the, the issue where they predict things. And then it's like, well, the writer says this, and the actor says this, and the cow says this. Um, that last that, that that last bit's a joke, but um, the <laughs> who did the cow think should have won? Melissa Leo. <laughs> but uh, he Her didn't. Best he didn't totally understand. But it was still pretty amazing that he managed to say Melissa Leo. But uh, and so, but they. Someone said, like, yeah, I just don't see. Uh, I just don't see them giving best picture to a to the Facebook movie. Like they said it. It's like. Really? It's back to is, the condescension about about what the movie would be when the movie was first announced, before anyone knew how great it was. Before anyone saw it. Yeah. But people have seen it now, so isn't yeah. that done? I guess not. I I'll, where even or maybe it was just maybe it just falls back to the campaign, you know? It's the Weinsteins, they're a jugger they're a campaign juggernaut, and as evidenced by not merely all the Oscar wins for the King's Speech, but 
all the guild awards for the king's speech that it's yeah. just and and a film that it's just a perfectly good i would venture to say not very challenging film and there's and what what's wrong with that yeah here's what i find interesting okay Here, and, and this goes exactly on what you were saying about like it is sort of a broader appeal the, that the king's speech has maybe then certainly something like the black swan um last year Everybody was up in arms over the idea that Avatar might beat the Hurt Locker, uh, partially because it was big versus small. But they were just saying, you know, the Oscars need to be something where, you know, we need to champion the better film, not simply the bigger film. And the Hurt Locker prevailed and won quite a few awards. And I was like, okay, even though I didn't personally respond to the Hurt Locker as much as a lot of people did, I like that mentality. Mm -hmm. One year later, it seems as though people have said, did that one year that was fun let's get back to business and nominated the most like could not be a more oscar uh i don't know uh crop there you go yeah could not be a more oscar crop movie than the king's speech of the 10 nominated it looks sounds and feels like an oscar movie in every sense of the word it it reminds me of okay I I love the man for all Se- uh, a man for all seasons I really love it it's a film that I respond to in a lot of ways and it swept the Oscars in 1966 and a lot of people and that's right when Hollywood was starting to change mm-hmm. and I don't remember what the other nominees were but I remember a lot of people look at that year and say like how interesting that as Hollywood starts to change the Oscars remain stubbornly the same mm-hmm. uh, and. The King's Speech, I kind of got that vibe as well. Like, this is an old school... The film itself, could, aside from the language, could have been made in 1964 and would have won- gotten probably more Oscars than it did tonight. Yeah. But it absolutely... It would be a foregone conclusion that it would, it would win picture director, actor, and, and all this and yeah. other things. And so, like, it, it's, it's a very old school type choice. At a time when I feel like the Oscars are embracing slightly more edgy things like No Country for Old Men and The Departed yeah. and uh, and The Hurt Locker. But, you know... The Departed is not edgy. I think it's I it's not it's not I mean, the it's, type it's, of film it's got that, a hard R, but in terms of execution it's a pretty it's pretty palatable, I think. It is palatable, but it's not, it's also not the type of movie that you associate with best picture. You know, yeah, yeah, nothing about it said best picture, especially when you think of the quickness with which Leonardo DiCaprio gets disposed of it toward the, toward the end of the movie. Like, that's right. not an Oscar death. I guess, yeah. Right. But it's still, I, I still don't think of The Departed as a challenging movie in any way. Oh, no, not challenging. Whereas, just, but I, I would say edgy. No Country for Old Men and Hurt Locker are both challenging in their own ways. And Hurt Locker mm-hmm. is as much a genre film as The Departed was, mm-hmm. yeah. but I still think it's... Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is our argument. I'm having argument. I'm having with no one right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just no. I mean, I, 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 I think The Departed is actually an edgier film than The Hurt Locker. I didn't find it to be very challenging, but that's me. I am in the my vast minority about The Hurt Locker, so I, that yeah, not worth having an argument. Okay. Um, but yeah, and so it's, I mean, it's kind of frustrating. It, it, it and that's the thing. I could say like, well, it seems like a step backward. Next year they could change it, you know, it could change back. It, you know, it's, it, it's, I don't think, I can't think of anything I don't, re- there are moments of the King's Speech I don't particularly care for, but I like the movie a lot. It's a perfectly fine film, and it's one that I think will be remembered 
for Colin Firth's performance and probably Jeffrey Rush as well. But I think it's as years go on, it will become this is Social Network's year. People will remember Social Network and think, oh, that didn't win? Really? Yeah, it'll be uh, one of those trivia questions. Did you know Social Network didn't win? Right. Or the, the, the trivia question will be, what movie did the Social Network lose Best Picture to? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, before I, I I never watched the things before the Oscars, but I hap- it happened to be on at the place we were, and Jeffrey Rush and Colin Firth were there. And, of course, the idiot interviewer was like, how much would it mean to you guys if you both walked away with golden statues tonight? Uh-huh. And I was just like, ugh. Like, how do you ask them that? <laughs> and they were both, like, just kind of looked at each other, and they were just kind of like, eh. Nah, we, uh, we worked on the movie, and people seemed to be responding to the movie. <laughs> And then I, I think Jeffrey Rush said, all we can really hope for is that uh, we have matching bow ties. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, okay, all right. Also, yeah, I don't fun. know much about Jeffrey Rush, but Colin Firth is a class act. Oh, man, yeah. he, is. And he is. His speech was great. I, I love, like, following these, uh, these award shows, he is consistently one of the best-dressed men at every award show. Mm-hmm. He's a classy guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I would, and, and David, even though uh, I'm sure... You have uh, purposely avoided the King's speech, and I'm sure after tonight you'll probably avoid it more. Um, <laughs> Even though you really like the Damned United. I did like the Damned United. There you go. Um, what does but that I, have to do with anything? Same director. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's Toby Hooper. <laughs> British, British stuff, right? Is that, the, uh, is that why you're bringing Britain it up? shit. But, uh, but yeah. I oh, th- that's funny I, you said that because I liked the Damned United a lot, but I wouldn't chalk much of that up to the direction right it's a great screenplay and a great great performance by michael sheen yeah and so and of, and and as we've said you know tom hooper directed a lot if not all of the episodes of uh john adams yeah and that felt more uh not quite autorish but it felt like he put more of a stamp on that than he did on the damn united yeah hmm. yeah and i would say the same about uh, about the king's speech although he seems to have uh Put a bit more of, of his stamp, and I remember. Um, does this man hate fiction? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> but oh, gosh, you're, you're right. And I think he. Oh no, I guess I was. Yeah, I guess he doesn't hate America when he. But he, he did, did John Adams, and that's fiction. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> um, it seems very British to me too. But, yeah, I, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to crap too much on him. Except it's just like he didn't deserve to win. He's a <laughs> He's the product of uh, a really uh, hardly uh, hardly fought, hard fought, <laughs> exactly <laughs> the opposite of what I was trying to say. Uh, a hard fought campaign, and uh, and the film itself is a perfectly fine film that people should see because of the performances and the script, and yeah. uh, that's it. I feel like a mini surprise at the Oscars was, especially with as much campaigning for the King's Speech, was the fact that uh, Social Network did win Best Score. Yeah. For a very unique score, so I feel like and and it's not. I'm going to step in here, as I always do when someone says very unique on the podcast. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. It can't be very unique. It either is or it isn't. (laughs) It's a binary state. Uniqueness. You have said this on the show, right? And then I. uh, No, he said it before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And did I put up a fake fight? I don't remember. All right. (laughs) If I have uh, someone uh, email me and let me know if I put up a fake Hmm. fight about very unique. No, and, I think uh, speaking a, of emails, that I think guy there's a fight to be put up because something, two things can be unique, but are they equally unique? One thing could be even more unique no, than it another can't thing. Be. Sure, unique could. means one of a kind. Let's go to the phone. 
What? Let's, Let's not go, go to the phones. <laughs> um, <laughs> my phones. I'm going to call but, myself. By the way, and we'll discuss. Speaking of emails, that guy a while back who emailed to say that we, you and I, don't know enough about movies to have a podcast mm-hmm. is going to be up in arms about me not knowing that Tom Hooper directed The Damned United. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that is really going to offend that guy. That's all right. Have you seen uh, Trees Lounge yet? <laughs> no, I still haven't oh, seen Trees. Was that you, the same guy? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I think it was. We've no, got it's know. a it's a note we've gotten from a few different people that we haven't seen enough movies right, but uh, I watched yes. half I watched the first half of Dog Day Afternoon the other day, but then I had to go to bed and I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> well, but one of the, the definitions of, why we should be... of unique is rare. Things can be more and and one of the definitions is most unusual. What what website? So do perhaps you want? I should I'm dictionary dot com. Damn. All right. Well, if that if it if unique Either way, I should have said I, I should have said unusual. It's, it was more unusual okay. than unique. Anyway, I would have finished this thought, though. Okay. <laughs> yes, there are people, lots of people, who have seen more movies than Tyler and I have. I guarantee they're more boring to listen to than we are. We are, we are uh, no matter what Dave Chen says, we are far more dynamic, <laughs> charming, and charismatic than people who spend all their time in dark rooms watching movies. Well, I mean, I know that we make ourselves laugh. And isn't really that what it's all about at the end of the day? I think we make plenty of people laugh. Fair enough. I would, um, I would laugh my ass off at this podcast. I think I would, too. <laughs> and at your guys' pod saunas? What's that? Your podcast personas. <laughs> right, pods, yeah. Which may or may not be distinct from your Twitter persona, your twit saunas. <laughs> yeah, it is a matter of degrees, but they are different. My pod sauna and my twit sauna are, are different. I yeah, think I twi- miscoined this phrase. <laughs> your uh, your t- twit sauna would be a guy I don't think I... I think I would actively hate. Oh, yeah, me too. No question about it. That guy's a jerk. He's so petty. Yeah, my <laughs> my, my fake persona too. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. The, I love recording the Oscar episode because it's very easy. <laughs> we just crank this thing out, you know. There's an hour and 15 when we haven't even tried. Obviously. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, Jason, thanks for being here. Oh, it was a pleasure. Always always a joy to have you on. It was, yeah. Um, I know that uh, those two girls who sent us that video that one time are going to love that you were back. <laughs> that sounds really vague and possibly illegal. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know their names. Why can't I think of their names? Sakari. Sakari. And Rita. And Rita. Yes. Shout out to Sakari and Rita. Indeed. Who listen to us, the three of us. Because we are so dynamic and charming and charismatic, <laughs> and not because of how many movies we've seen. Although, admittedly, they did like the, clearly they consider Jason to be more dynamic than we are. Yeah. Well, but I don't have a, I don't have to, a weekly show anymore, so there's less of me out there. Right. Maybe that's what it is. makes you more unique. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can get us at battleshippretension.com or in iTunes. You can email us David at battleshippretension.com or Tyler at battleshippretension.com. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash thepretension or follow Tyler on Twitter at twitter.com slash more lessons, which is the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at more than one lesson dot com or in iTunes, and you can find my other podcast, the weekly television review podcast, previously on at previously on show.com or in iTunes. Jason, where can people find you? Uh, at my blog, I just posted my top ten films of the year. There are two ties. Um, at uh, wordpress.com slash writes, And I'm on Twitter at, at Eakin, E-A-K-E-N. All right. Uh, we have not met, we didn't mention this, so of course, why wouldn't we have it be the very last thing we say? Uh, Saturday, March 5th. Yeah, absolutely. At Meltdown, Meltdown Comics. Comics, 8 p.m. That's Meltdown Comics at 7522 Sunset Boulevard in Woo! West Hollywood, California. 
uh, 8 p.m. Five bucks will get you in, and then it'll also also get you all the free Tecate beer you want all night long. Along, uh, and and, and that, I mean that right there, five dollars to hang out at a comic shop for a couple hours and drink free beer. That's a that's the thing right there. That'd be fun, right? Yeah, I'll I don't think that. they're allowed to take that beer into the comic book store, are they? No, you're right. Okay, you're right. Who's going to tell them? Stay back in the in the back with the with the beer. There's people right. there. Yeah. So add to that for the inconvenience of not being able to <laughs> stumble about the comic book store with, with a brewski in your hand. We will give you some entertainment. We got James Adomian. Yep. We got Michelle Balloon. Mm-hmm. We got Matt Champagne. Mm-hmm. We got Jim Bruce. Absolutely. That's well over five dollars worth of entertainment, especially since you also got me and Tyler. Ooh. And Jason will probably be in front of a microphone at some point. I'll be doing <laughs> the intro. Yeah. And uh, uh, so yeah, get there. Right. I mean, it starts at eight. It'll probably won't start to really eight twenty. Then Jason's going to go on. So get there by nine. And you'll be fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, he keeps trying to best himself. Best is maybe an interesting. <laughs> I don't know if I'd use that word. I am more best than I was last time. <laughs> okay, so yeah, do that. Um, and after that, once we've gotten over the hump of the March fifth live show, we will start in earnest our. 2011, 2011 donation drive. Indeed, uh, we're, li- we're li- lining up some uh, prizes from our past guests mm. that you can you can win um, signed stuff, stuff that you don't have that uh, you can have, <laughs> stuff that you don't have that you can have. <laughs> you can have. This thing went off the rails. <laughs> what are you, Anne Hathaway? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! On that note, Woo! Thanks, goodbye. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.